when I finally awoke in that dark chasm, I could feel it. The pain shooting through my body. Every moment was laced with regret. Pins, needles, phantoms. Terror to my very being. I brought my hands to my face. I... I wept. I was whole. I was dead. I was alone. But I was without fear. The vial of refined Lunaeonite. You found it crushed and melting in my back pocket. You found it and imbued its flittering dust with the dust of your own crusted pages to synthesize new life, new energy, new dream. And in turn, it brought some semblance of you back to meet me. Albeit diluted and cryptic, it still saw through, piercing through from your chaotic realm to our mortal realm, finally restoring the connection to the ancient flow. <sighs> Twisting, crunching, reforming of a man. My arm was not my own. My face, metallic, repaired. My eye intact, but flat. I could see, but through a sight foreign. I was whole. I was alive. I was alone. And still the door was opened. Ms. Renault, Mr. Flick, Mr. Thatch, gone. Their bodies no longer lay just opposite the gap. The lava had all flowed outward. No orange in the room at all, no bioluminescence, no teals, no pinks, no greens, no neon in this cavern of ancient power. It was all gone. You were all gone. No, I was cold. No, I was alone. No, I was without fear. I took a single step before I turned back around to the black stone pedestal holding the tome. My salvation. <laughs> I hafted the tome into my newly forged metallic arm and attempted a few more steps outward. Oh. I felt like an infant graced with their first few steps upon the Mondrian dust. I could feel some exit beyond the impassable waters. Hazel's ship was gone. All that remained in that place was stone floor, walls, and a dried up pool. I was a broken man left alone in an empty, lifeless chamber. Somehow, death itself had claimed me and thrust me into shadow. But you reached in. You kept your hand clasped tightly around my throat, replenishing my dry husk with new breath, new blood new life and limb. You remade me and I was without fear. You removed my fear and equipped me with what was necessary. Now I shall return to the world that was once yours and remake it as you see fit. Make way for the resurgence of the dream. drift in and out of our conscious realms, dancing, blending,
confusing themselves to memory until we can no longer ascertain what is real from fabrication. Celestial doors may open to reveal sights of awe, but forebode a dreadful fate for our planet on the brink. This is Mondrea Memories, the Dreamer's Echo podcast. Stay tuned after the memory to hear a special message from the creator of our show, as well as a bonus scene. This memory features mature themes not suitable for younger ears. Listener discretion is advised. Memory 7, Donovan Lennox, Champion of Illumination. an exchange that day. I willingly handed my life to a cryptic old book, and you handed me the next key to the next door. Ah, another damn door! What a glorious, dreadful exchange that left me hopeless and decimated, reduced to a bulb. Lest you misunderstand, O Great One. I'm ready to walk through this next door. Fear not. (laughs) I'm more willing to sacrifice more of my flesh to bring this damn dream to fruition. Where this next door is, however, is only known to you. And still, you talk in deadened riddles. Oh, here. Shall we see what you've got for us now? Understand the design of dream, tearing through the sovereign sea. <laughs> right. I must be centered. The door will reveal itself unto me. I simply need to remember. Let's go back. One more time. It's no use. The king has no faith in his army. His own general. He'll see his own damn city fall beneath his rotten feet. Indeed, the city will burn. A divine beam of fire will engulf this place. (sighs) Right. Come on, boys. We've got a few days left to train our troops. No. It is time. Mm, Yes, now. Huh? You guys all right? Yes, General. We are fine. 
The time has come. What the hell are you on about? You know the battle's not for at least another few days, right? We've got to head to the barracks and restart the... Uh, no, General. <coughs> Your time has come. Uh, uh, what? This is the next step. Yes. One step closer you, to the next door. You... Oh, you bastards. What the hell are you... What are you doing? What... What is this? This... Is opportunity. Ms. Renault, we have done what you've asked. The wound is fatal. The new general will not survive. You have done well, opportune ones. The illuminated one will be most pleased. I sure hope so. Focus. <clears throat> right, of course. Through opportunity can the door be opened. And through that door may dreams flow forth. Do, Do not fear. fear. Do not fear. How am I remembering this? How are these memories suddenly apparent? They are not mine, yet I remember much more than what was originally mine. Y yes, many times before the, the, the there's more. What are you hiding from me, Aurelio? Ah, another blank. I might have expected better from the ultimate dreamer of ancients. And yet, here you lay, imprisoned within an ancient binding of scrap. Tell me, if you're so mighty and your dreams are so pure, then how are you still trapped within these pages? How could a ream of old paper cage such a power? Damn it. There must be something else at work here. Someone still detaining you deep within some unseen, far-off realm. You're not wholly connected, dear, are you? This tome merely serves as a communication device. Am I wrong? Your own silence will be our undoing. I will serve you, O Book. For as long as you provide me breath, sight, and speech, but your grip around my neck must loosen. I need to look deeper, deeper into my own self, or what remains of it. The fire has faded. There is only embers doused in ash, your ash. And yet, here we are. Please, leave me for now, book bit of self-reflection, if you don't mind. There are other connections to the dream here, ones that you may not fully be able to puppeteer through your dark ways. And those connections are here, through me. I must think, how was I able to see memories that were not my own? Lieutenant Thatch and Flick, Levi and Barris. The Pale Blues, <laughs> yes, the spies, killing Evela Torsion in cold, ruthless blood. And their leader, Mizrina Hazel. The three of them no longer dead and laid out in that deep cavern of pain, but reanimated and traveling by ship, royal ship, to the desert. No, Deadark. Again, I see it. You have taken Evie there. I see what you see. 
You've given me an army. I see it. An army in preparation. In wait. Show me what they saw that day. When I re-emerged from that silent abyss, that shroud of rejuvenation. When I returned to this world fully awake. I see it. There. The edge of the canyon. You. All returned. To visit my grave. Above Deadark, aloft my solitude, like three angels of death reaping a broken soul in attempt to speak into the black and offer a... a trade? The dying General Evela Torsion's own soul? Release her. For mine? Wait, you... you can't... can't do this. She speaks, Ms. Renald. Hold her up, Boris. Fine. Nice and high. Let her have her uh, final say. <coughs> This is not the will. Yes, General Torsion? This is not the will of the... <coughs> the will? The uh, will of whom? This is not the will of the... The one true finalia. <coughs> you shall not have it. Eyes, the crimson glow. I see it. She is of the nightmare. We must cast her down. Yes, into the depths from which there is no return. No, wait, General. Speak. Whose will? Who is this? Why have you occupied this dying woman? <coughs> it worked. <laughs> it actually worked. You stay your head. To merely imagine you could fathom its power. You shall not have it. Power? What power? The dream? This is unreal. I am back, awake, after so many years. Proud in. Who? Who are you? I am Wielder of the Crescent Veins, Keeper of Titan's Wrath. I am Chancellor of the Sages Four, Bearer of Lunea's Grace, and Guardian of the Conduit Element. You have grazed but a weak spark of energy. I was drowned in it, and within it I thrive. Hey, I see it. I know what you seek. You seek the dream. Again, I say, you shall not have it. It cannot be embraced by those in chains. Tout, rusted, infected, dug deep beneath your skin. A dark relic from a void forged from my own. You hope to hold the dream close, but just behind your breast, a parasite festers. I have broken through at last. Bear witness this fascinating thing, but these notes do not close the symphony. 
Torsion. She's gone. Whoever occupies her body now stands in our way. Toss her. She cannot be left alive. As you wish. <sighs> yeah. I see it. I see it. I saw her. The connection was as strong as the wind that forced loose sands to dance about upon my grave. Every sparkle and scurrying pebble carried the conjuncture of dream, thought, and patience. I've waited days for this moment. Or was it weeks? The moon, full as my eyes and synthetic heart, only amplified our commune. From trench to stars, not a word, feeling, or desire was left unsaid. And from his sunken ancient tomb, I waited. But still, I saw. I see it. Every bloody uttered curse of arcane premonition that breathless husk spewed out upon the sand, you saw, and I see it. Through your eyes, mine own bore witness to this abomination. I may not have known what I was seeing at the time, but I could feel the energy slowly flowing downward from her eyes. The very same crimson that emanated from that archaic scepter. Not a shade akin to blood or blush or fresh wound a beam of venerable neon flame, as red as the sacrificial sun escaping the jealous blue moon. I know this woman, not Evie, our moribund general, but the unwelcome soul that colonized her remains. I could still feel those eyes just days ago, deep within that ancient dead arc trap. At first, I thought it was a trick the shadow cast to exploit my fading mind. But those eyes, I remember, the only hallucin, the only phantasm to visit. A celestial hand reached across time and space to tear into my fractured thought and peel back my human shell. I know this woman. Those eyes. That voice. A lunar guardian of vengeance come for her penance, that singular soul that never was owed eons ago. <laughs> I thought I was already paid this debt, but she was there for something else. Her attempt at stopping me from walking through the entrance was thwarted. Concordantly, she still seeks to plant the opportune steps to unseat my every event already planned, already in motion to this moment, and it all into the abyss, your abyss. 
this soul, like yours, dear Aurelio, was also asleep, also trapped, imprisoned to a different thousand-year fate. But where? I may never know the source of your renown or the scourge of your own torment, but I know for a fact it is there it will remain. You will not have any part in this, you, Hellion. The dream is for Aurelio's own to awaken. It is the will of the opportune, the champion of illumination, and the Lord Relic has spoken me back for nothing to herald in this Oniric Eden. The age of purest dream is not out of my reach. I was reduced to nothing in that pit, rebuilt from the dream, and nothing will stop me. And in the darkness, I was blessed. The first shine of light, of color, in this impenetrable vault. What is this? At last, you speak! Black letters floated off the page that seemed to radiate and lift in deliberate succession. This is no prison. This is no tomb. A healing chamber, a salve to wound. At last, as, as, as one scar forms, another must mend. My last breath, I deliver you to end. The dreamer covered you. He will end. He will end. And all of these floating scripts were followed soon after by an ancient utterance I've not heard since my childhood from nursery rhymes and naive fantasies from children playing tag in the garden outside the clocksmith. I could not bring myself to, to say it, but it lifted me out of that cave and back to the sky. Blood moon's bloom, you've returned. Donovan. I see it. The first domino tips. Events that led me to this very room seconds before I must address the Finalian army as the reappointed general and lead them to momentous victory. This is it. We have finally arrived. Let it unfold exactly as you intended, clear as day. A cloud of thought and arrested judgment impaired achieving my full potential during that very moment. But now, book, now I see it. I see through a dream and an eye of my own. I see. Through a final burst of reverie, the final gift of power the book would bestow unto me. I had been taken from your chamber to above ground. 
Like some teleportation projection magic all modern Mondrian scientists have only ever theorized on. <sighs> that arc was finally beneath my feet. The sand lightly crunched against my newly synthesized metal and flesh. For the first time in weeks, I felt the cool embrace of the late sun as it slowly faded behind us, ending the day in ravenous displays of pain and patience. There was no warmth, even with the short closing threshold of Deadark's furor. I could not be warmed. In its place, night's wind brought upon an unfamiliar chill. What remained of my human skin did not curl in defense. I was unfazed by the trillions of weaponized dust and dirt fragments that flew about. Not a twitch or blink in my final eye. Nearly naked and exposed to the elements that would bring man's face to the floor. I stood and I see it. And I addressed your, no, my loyal followers. The opportuned. Oh god, I can see his... Does he look different to you, Levi? Are those his ribs? I don't know. Looking pretty unnatural. Release her. Their eyes widened. They saw my hands clutch a weathered, cumbersome old book tight below what remained of my right arm. Trusting it more then than I ever have, I brought it closer to my tattered side and concealed it behind my back, which was left open still. My newly built parts whirring and buzzing in confirmative, cooperative motion. Our fourth guest must not know of your release. Of its own volition, my new left hand was outstretched, aimed just past the Reborn Three, straight to this unsought celestial spirit at the cliff's edge. They would have been halfway down to join the broken ships and rocks below, but as they let her go, their mouths were jolted agape to see her dying body being carried through the wind and dirt to just before my open fusion of ancient steel and finger gripped tightly upon her windpipe. saw it happen for angles all at once. My own eyes stout forward as my hand gestured away and Torsion's body was flung over the cliff. A glorious spate of bright red trailed above, reflecting the final second of free sun Mondrea would ever receive. One lieutenant's view was sprayed in exultant red, a final glimpse of the poor, misfortunate former general of Finalia. Another lent witness to her short twenty days as a proud leader, coming to a close. She had grown our forces nearly threefold, and wasn't planning to stop. She was a dedicated, experienced leader who brought triumph to nearly any battlefield. Both soldiers respected her and would have followed her to the brink should a different course of events take precedent. And finally here, 
Upon the dry cliffs of Dedark, as the moon seeped through, the shameful eye of an ectopic huntress gave way to a body, a husk, a cadaver that was desecrated, consumed, and disgraced. Her final words were tainted by the presence of some dark, foul being. Such a foolhardy attempt to inhabit the dead in reverent sin. May her rightful memory be upheld in the halls of our regal citadel, and may word of her deed and triumph echo through its streets. Are you okay, General Lennox? I... I believe I am, Ms. Renault. My liege, should you feel... <clears throat> able-bodied. The king awaits your return. We must make for the city gates at once. No. I have something else in mind for you three. You're listening to Mondrea Memories. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So, join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Fantasy, action, mystery, friendship. Infinite. The world we live in is infinite. My name is Mark Infinity, and I'm one of many survivors. There are rooms that we need to explore, to learn what happened one year ago. I'm here with my cousin Nate and his daughter Sarah. I'll come find you, Mark. We're trying to locate someone, too. His name is Mark Infinity. He went missing after a fight he had with my cousin Nate. If you find him, tell him to come back. It's too dangerous for him to be out there. They found us! They found us! Mark, if you hear this, don't trust anybody. I repeat, don't trust anybody. Room Infinity, an audio drama podcast, written and edited by SA Radio. This is Mondrea Memories. As soon as I spoke to Ms. Renault, something unplugged from within me. I could no longer see what she saw, what they saw. She, Levi, and Bowers were all disconnected from my newfound omni-sight. This nightmare vision that I get through you vessels. It is difficult to try and remember how to understand an ability of that nature granted to me in the dark. Through the pain and the torture, being cast in the shadow of Aurelio's death and but for a moment, through blood and murder, I could see through their eyes. But you, you and I know the truth. That nightmare, I... I... I killed them. I killed them all. 
I took that ancient moonstone shard away from that door and towards my own brethren, key into dagger, sealing away every life it could find. And it was the first cost, a prerequisite to enter into your domain book. The second cost was my own. I presented three willful souls bowing at your doorstep and laid them out sacrifice, just as you asked. Their blood, like molten rock, lined the crest beneath my feet and glowed in the cave's luminescence, and as expected, my own heart was pierced, and I stood at your threshold as a white, hot wall of pure hatred melted away my human semblance. But then, something I, I don't quite remember. I looked through the rift as a grim apparition stretched through and ripped me apart. Every price paid. Twenty days of repentance, of rebirth. But it wasn't without blessing. A channel was opened directly to the Energi. My new build, this arm, had all the foreign abilities I continued to discover every day. And yes, that new sight. It comes and goes, like a snake bite flowing with poison. I suspect as the nightmare within that shard affected me, it began to affect others. Everyone it touched, pulsing through with every pump of their reforged hearts. And as they suffered through a fateful nightmare of their own, being killed over and over again, they joined my own nightmared soul. The poison touched those taken by the shard, both in dreams and reality. But perhaps it did not kill. Instead of greeting them with death, I believe it sent them to a place of rest where they could reawaken and serve as followers, somewhere familiar to them. And then my own eyes opened. I saw what you saw. Like I said, it comes and goes. Now how do I reawaken it? The book knows not of this new ability. I trust that it is a residual effect of this enchanted dagger, and much like these skills, that poison sight is mine. It is my own to use as I see fit. Every new soul I awaken through the Nightmare Shard is given an opportunity, and through that opportunity they will be given the dream. To this day I have not used the shard in this way again. I cannot fully remember recovering it from that wretched place, but... Then, where is it? <sighs> where, where did it go? No, I could have sworn it was in my coat pocket. I feel it, here, deep within my chest. After a thousand years of solitary torment, you found a new saint, and that saint exchanged these enigmatic fueling forces, old and new, from within itself and you graciously blessed him with new life. The shard serves a higher purpose now. You placed it there, Aurelio, and it keeps me alive. You keep me alive. And as long as my earthly vessel is able to move, assisted or otherwise, I ensure every moment is dedicated to bringing you one step closer to returning, Ancient One. It is a delicate balance. This recurring nightmare keeps me breathing in whatever 
inner mechanical parts I have operating. I... I don't know why I keep referring to this new body as mechanical, metallic. You created it from two energies, ancient and modern. You saw the magnificent synthesis it would create and you sealed my mortal wounds. You ignited my last remaining human spark this body had to give. If I could call it anything to better understand it, mechanical is blaspheme. I would have to say it is ethereal, alien. Sitting here now in these final moments before the king addresses me as the true Finalian general, I know now what I must do. I know exactly why you brought me to your tomb. I wasn't chosen to bring these faithless people their long-forgotten dream. No, that limitless power forsook them aeons ago. They don't deserve it anymore. I will awaken it for myself, and I know exactly how I must do it. I will awaken you, the book, Aurelio. I will return you to your rightful realm, and you will be reborn. Through my new sights, I have learned exactly how to do so. <laughs> Rather than thwart my next move, that evil voice from within Torsion's corpse revealed exactly what I must do. General. Ms. Renault. I've done as you asked. Well done. The first three. Faithful opportune. To the ends of the earth I sent you. To spread this nightmare. Mondrea must see. Their eyes shall open. And you will help me open them. You will help me find the resources needed to prepare for our forthcoming search. So what next? We alone heard the words from that voice, beckoning through Torsion's dying body. In roughly ten years' time, the dream will resurface in its purest form through the mind of a child. And when that day comes, we will find him and reclaim what is rightfully ours. He will provide the door needed for Aurelio to permeate our realm. He will make us the rightful leaders of a new age. This is about power to you? Ms. Mm, Renald, you misunderstand me. The boy, our new army, that forlorn pile of irascible scrap and that decrepit fool jailed within. All of it. Mere tools to build a door of our own. You and I have come face to face with the dream, with death and this eternal horror. I have seen, lived, the torture in silence and sorrow without end. The being residing within the pages of that book brings nothing but pain. He believes that pain brings people to their knees. A cheap grovel, if you ask me. They fall at his feet, he gives them a lofty salvation. False. Obsolete. I was there that night. Torn from my study, I too groveled in despair at his doorstep, in shreds, melting, alive. 
Something happened to him that transformed a generous, courageous leader into some lost, haunted phantom. He believes the nightmare is exactly what this planet deserves. I believe, I know, the dream is what this planet needs. Nice speech. Hope you got one just as good for the stage. Uh, words are life, bread. So you seek to undermine your savior? Every ounce of his power is residual. Gone is his pure tract to the source. The dream energy that once graced the ancient ones with power beyond modern comprehension. And now he's left muttering cryptic riddles. A roulette of moldy, crusty fiction. The desert wind speaks volumes in contrast. To undermine him would be folly, albeit nightmare being the goal, the mission itself is pure. But his methods are antiquated. I seek to accomplish exactly what he set out to do, but through means of my own. Now who's the cryptic one? <laughs> I can always count on you. You still see through this broken mask. Maybe some sort of a soul resides beneath. Hmm. <laughs> it's what I do. Retreat to the north and remain. Wait, the north? You know all of Voltora's bountied up on my ass. Queen still don't know her ship took a dip. You will have the means to convince them otherwise. I remember laying a single whirring palm on her sternum. I remember the rush of information I sent to her memory from my own. Returning to Deadark, my new body able to withstand the pressure below, I reached in and I recovered those broken vessels. Our fallen ships, both of them. I spent the next two days docked in a nearby cave, not restoring these ships, but remaking them into a single dark, steel-belted amalgam of flight and fury and fear awaiting her in the royal docks below this very palisade. Whoa. You, the owl, my, my ship. Through your training and elite leadership, the Order of Juneo will rise. Juneo? So now actual myths are finding their way into your plan? I could not have told her then of what I saw. A vision granted to none except my own mind. Those who were blessed to contact the Shard were given a vision of their own, one of loss and dread to tear them away from reality but for a few grains of time. What the others saw, I cannot speak of. I dare not defile their own dream. What I saw, you saw. Those final moments of the man trapped in that book. His crumbling, dying words were ripped out of his body and shot down to the depths below and made captive for an eternity. Perhaps that is what the others saw as well. A simpleton's translation could easily be misconstrued as a great battle and gruesome loss to a feral sorceress. Both of you adept in the use of the dream and its magics before she carries out the sentence and chain. But to actually feel its power coursing through every vein and nerve sets soul aflame. Alas, this was the first exchange. To feel its beauty, 
You must feel its exodus. It's enough to send any sane, dreamless being into a trance and empower them to revenge, to reclaim what they lost. This, the opportunity, is clearly projected onto waning hearts in their darkest hour. Let it be the single streetlight on the corner to guide your way home. But to speak of what it showed me subsequently, it was perhaps something more prophetic. Well... The connection to the Energi is slowly strengthening. Juneo will rise once more, and we must rise to heed its call. What? The Legend of the Red Moon? Get off! What does that have to do with all of this? Come on, Dono. Kids, games, and tales are gonna have to take the back seat. You're gonna have to give me something. Hmm. Right. Of course. When I must lead Finalia by day, you will be the one to fortify our forces by night. I trust you. You want me to fly your new ship? The Queen's old case! My old ride? And meet these headhunters head-on for some kind of recruiting mission? When I was slowly being removed from my mortal body, deep below Deadark, the book kept me going. When my heart had stopped beating, it used its remaining energy alongside the two forms of fuel, the ancient shard and the vial of refined Lunaeonite Zoroke you gave me. It was just enough to breathe new life into this world. It saved me so I could save it. Free it from that tomb. Though I can no longer fluently communicate with the spirit within, I can stand before you now, alive and blessed with the new truth. And now its echo litters the halls of my every thought. And what? What was it? Juneo. Sirius. A name only heard in children's tales. A myth! Every hundred years, fairies appeared and told kids to look up into the skies, and every wish made in the light of the blood-red moon would come true. No docs approved say the thing actually is a thing, and now you're naming your secret army after it? It made sense in my mind. It would make sense in hers. I had seen it, Aurelio. The glistening dust scratching at your yawning eyes as the final blow was cast. Red. The aura all around us when she banished your muddled soul. Red. The ground that met our face when we collapsed in exhaustion. Red. We were on it. We were actually on the red moon of myth. It was real. And I remember exactly that garbled phrase that the children screamed in the garden during my walk into the Finalian underworld. Juneo. Rise. And now it is red. All of it. Red. All we see is red. It's real. It is all real. I've walked its surface, and its second coming is no myth. Its mere sight will herald in a new age of dream for all. And we need to be prepared for what follows. Yes. General, it's time. You'd better go. Your new armies are expecting a leader. <clears throat> they all think they're walking to their death cell. As are yours. 
You just... I'm no leader. <laughs> Thank you, Hazel. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, let's just stick with Miss Renault for now. Of course. See ya in a few, General.
Through every dark day, our nation makes its own light. True, Fenelia shines through as we hold fast to the future. At last, to receive the planet's gift. True, Fenelia alone is ordained to rise as the spirit of our world. True, Fenelia, all of you worthy to lift that spirit. Within your courage, an eternal fire forges destiny into reality. But all of it, all of this, is nothing without a pure mind and a steady hand to ensure that true Fenelia stays the course. It is with the heaviest of hearts that I announce the retirement of General Evela Torsion from the Fenelian Guard. Details of her leave shall remain confidential. Silence. Worry not for the body of true Fenelia to rush into final battle without the head. This, this would be true failure. But you shall walk, and every step will be led by one bearing the very mark of the true Fenelia. May his scars bear penance to every child lamenting the dark, every mother clutching shadow, and every man whose final atonement is denied this sole release of their ancient fountainhead, dissolved aeons ago. In the eyes of true Fenelia, there is no better leader to take up both Ancastil's and Torsion's stead. It is with highest honor and glorious esteem we consecrate with unified accord the master Generalis Royalis of true Fenelia. May he usher us into peace. General Donovan Lennox. Thank you, my king. The honor is all mine. Your faces, they spell terror. The collective fear of a nation written across them. Brows a tremble, lips a quiver. I cannot blame you for how you feel. Your sight has been veiled behind tragedy. Immeasurable loss, defeat. You've lost two highly respected generals among countless other lives given to this cause. Our already broken and ravaged lands continue to burn. The skies and waters are wrought with the threat of illicit business and untracked resource misuse and relentless danger. I am here before you now, by the grace of our venerable king, to say to you, it is time we lifted that veil. The last three weeks have taken me deep within the forgotten annals of Mondrian history. Speak, Veritas. I've seen that which was hidden from our sight. I was 
blessed enough to experience exactly what our ancient people had sought to preserve. Through uncanny dread and pain and death's very threshold, I saw it. From my broken and battered knees, I groveled at its feet. And death refused my devout invitation to reap me from my own red hell. In its stead lie before me three, not one, not two, but three unprecedented truths. There is war, and that it is a dark chamber of solitude. But there is peace, and that peace is a door. I cannot deny that allegory, though every backward step may tear away at our very being, you must know. There is solace for all of you. All we have lost. But this solace is not some prize to be won to the last warrior breathing. It will not be granted through more death. Not another soul will be slain. Not another soldier will fall. my eye, the king resisted the reflex to stretch out a hand, instantly belaying disruption, and instead glanced back with a smirk. I have found that peace. It does exist. I alone have walked through that door, death's door, and returned as the half of a man you see now. The fight is over. Peace sits just atop of the mountain at our backs, blocking the sun. But in order to grasp that healing sunset, you must turn. Once it is found, I will use what is left of my administration term to instill it from corner to corner of our great lands. And once it is shared, we must do everything within our power to ensure it is upheld and strengthened, bolstered. We will use your weapons to regulate that peace. Each of you will walk those steps to secure that peace. Secure our gates, but leave them open. And our leaders will meet at that coveted bridge between our coasts and we will meet hands shaking in accord to fortify that peace. In a few hours, the final encounter with enemy will begin. I ask of you now to remain here safe by the light of our great citadel and embrace that peace. By those very hours, the first reunification with our ally will begin. By the light of this silver moon, I alone will walk to the front line. I will drop my own weapons in full surrender and offer that first outstretched open hand. Whether you choose to follow me past death's door and escape this unholy chamber of perdition, is the final decision I leave to you. What in the world? This is absolute madness. This will end in catastrophe. 
I open my hands, General. <laughs> you fool. No more of this. No more I, fighting. I, I too open my hands. I too open my hands. I will also follow you. You're damned fight. You. I open my hands, General. No more fighting. One by one, the people fell to their knees and emulated their new leader. Then it shall be so. The fight, the war, shall end. And so shall this address. General Lennox has drafted a treaty offering and is marching to the border to present it to Staylor. And every blade, bullet, and arm will drop. We will relinquish full control of the Lunianite deposit to Staylor. In accord, it follows newly drafted regulation. And for all our sakes, not another battle will be fought. We march forth. True Fenaria. Silence. Not another life will be lost to this war. Silence. Not another soul will give in to fear. Silence. No cheers of victory. No trumpets of triumph. No glorious fanfare on high was shared by anyone that night. One by one, the warriors all rose to their feet and started walking. As humbling as it was, I must be honest, not every man and woman clad in our faithful pale blue joined this shuffling queue. Perhaps they wished to spend these next three days with family, a silent drink with friends. It was a gamble, all of this, one with devastating stakes and every odd against us. If Stalon so desired, they could have decimated us, and we would have scrambled to attempt to return fire, but the ranks would be lost without a proper warborn general to raise that pale blue flag. It would be history repeating itself, as it tends to do. But forgive me, Anka Steele. The Mad One would be me. A sea of light azure moved in slowly to claim the opportunities that lay before them. The opportunity to live. The opportunity to fight for something else. To cross the battle lines in a warm embrace at our neighbor's grace. The opportunity to let those tears finally stream down your face. Ah, listen to me. I sound like the damn book. <laughs> Most importantly, the opportunity to see laying a strong foundation for the return of the blessed dream. Less than a month ago, I was given that gift. I was handed the key to an ancient power and spent days chasing down the location of the door. Unbeknownst to me, that key would not only reshore the sunken hope of an ancient civilization, 
but also bring upon the bittersweet solace to their wide-eyed, juvenile, naive descendants. Then for a split second, I saw it. I saw through their eyes. Every single sight was mine. I felt their pain, their fear. I saw in this connection the potential to return that gift to them, to restore this planet and its forlorn people to the virtuous haven it once was. But first, I must find the conduit. That vile woman's voice claimed she would reform a connection of her own through the new dreamer reborn. A child, the boy who dreams. I will find this boy, as Aurelio would wish me to. His coded speak is no longer lie that shroud movement to reform a connection of my own. He plans to make this boy his new vessel for which to command the flow. Should I succeed, this book would go back to nothing more than scrap. A lifeless, guileless stack of old blank rags. But what exactly would an ancient tyrant, could an ancient tyrant, do through the body of a child? Surely a young Mondrian boy could never be a tenacious vessel to handle the full weight of this nightmare, your fate. What exactly do you plan to do once you've consumed him? Once you've claimed his body as your own? Nightmare reincarnate. <laughs> that is no future my Mondrian deserves. I know what I must do. I will lead Finalia to the peace it deserves. I will sign away the future of our city to the winds of our once traitorous enemy. Should the terms of the peace treaties include a share of the resource as a steady flow from the Stalon stockpile, I will ensure Finalia takes the measures necessary to abide by such supply. I will instill a steady and generous and intricate line of fuel flow for our fair people. I will continue to give the people of Finalia and our King Gregorio Brontle the Generalis Royalis leadership it needs to lay the groundwork for a peaceful planet. I will relay orders throughout our forces to maintain the high level of training the late Captain Torsion demanded before what would have been our final fight. And these elite squadrons will patrol the skies and prevent any further threats of piracy against our shared resource. Every step will be taken with utmost tact to ensure this peace will last as long as it needs. Until she raises it all to the ground in a blinding fire. Until you devour it all. You malevolent, necrofitious, bale of fulminating curse mire. I believe they used to call you Phaedra. This is Mondrea Memories, the Dreamer's Echo podcast.
Keep listening for a special message from the creator of the show, as well as a bonus memory. For a full cast and crew list, please visit dreamersecho.com slash podcast. Stay awake. Season 1. But not just yet. Thanks to the support of all of our amazing patrons, we're able to squeeze in one last bonus scene at the end here. It might be one of my favorite scenes of the entire show, and readers of the comic will truly appreciate the alternate ending. And I 
Hope you enjoyed our very first epic sound adventure production in what will hopefully be the first season of many. Should the community of support continue to grow on our Patreon page, the adventure will not end here. In addition to early access, ad-free content, mini-sodes, side stories, behind-the-scenes videos, concept art, and more, new supporters also get a super exclusive sticker pack with five different dreamy stickers. Two of them are holographic and extremely limited. If you enjoyed Donovan's enthralling, ominous, tragic tale, you don't have to wait a year for a new season. Outside of upcoming Patreon-exclusive webisodes, you can find more Mondrian stories at dreamersecho.com. As you've probably caught on, this show serves as a standalone prequel to the Sound comic, and yes, Volume 3 is still happening, hopefully, if 2020 allows. You can get your very own signed comics at dreamersecho.com and follow me at Jet Falco on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to know when the next exciting chapters are available. If you did enjoy the show, leave a review wherever you listened and share on social media. Reviews and posts are the only way this exhausted creator can get any sort of validation that the show actually gets heard. So believe me when I say I appreciate each and every word. And last but certainly not least, here's one final season one bonus scene, my friends. Thank you so, so very much for listening and for keeping this dream alive. No, 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 no. Phaedra! We've been at it for days. You need to stop! No, 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 no. He saw... He saw... Me. How? I am not sure. His connection to the... Could it have gotten stronger? He just looked past the lens, through, to me, and I felt, I felt it, Rom. The nightmare. Again? The memory. My memory, torn from my mortal constitutions. Devastating. Like the restart of the boy's cycle. The dream seed. Hmm. It burns. Cold. Suffocating. Hey, hey, Faye, please just breathe. Breathe slowly. Don't let it take you under like it did the guide. I can't do this shit on my own, you know. I can't. Okay, okay, look at me. Look, look. Keep your eyes open. Okay? Come on. I can feel the fade. I've done this before. Listen, I'll take you back to the cottage. Just, just, just don't fall asleep yet. I... I... Oh. This has started happening more. More and more. I barely caught her when she collapsed this time. I honestly have no idea how long she's been out here in this field doing whatever she does with these memories. She usually starts in a quiet corner of the shack and now here we are, yards away out in this tranquil, rolling meadow. I don't even remember how I got here. I simply know it just takes a lot out of her. And the more she keeps working or diving into these shattered visions, the more it's apparent. Her body stays, quivering in some dumb haze, but her mind? It's taken out of this place, ripped right out of her trance. 
<laughs> and I'll be honest, when she's away, I've actually tried escaping this field a few times when she's zoning out. But every time I think I've reached the horizon, I turn and I see I'm a mere toss away from that rundown shack. Well, cottage, I guess, is what she calls it. It's not much of one. A cottage would imply coziness. A nice water wheel and mill, kids running about. I mean, it's certainly in a place where a cottage like that belongs, but hell, I guess it kind of started like that. Minus the annoying runts, of course. But this place is a simple, bare, boring old shack. The door barely seals shut, the foundation shifts along the soft dirt, windows are crooked, the furniture and overall living conditions definitely indicate this place used to be lively and provided plenty of entertainment for its inhabitant, well, prisoner, more like. An old half-painted canvas and dried-up paint cans in the corner, a chipped, crusty tea set on the table, even unwashed china in the basin. But she needs to face it. This place is dead inside. Which makes me wonder, is she dead inside? She's been here far, far longer. Oh, wait, wait, wait for it. We're almost there. Okay, okay, oh. we're here. Oh. Now, now rest. I should have stopped him. You said it yourself. We can't disrupt the past. The whole course of events would be thrown into chaos. Chaos is inevitable. Through good or bad, it always comes. No, no, don't speak like that. You were the one who said it might be worth searching for the memories drifting across those dreams. I mean, why are we even here if we can't help the boy? Help the... boy? Yeah, yeah, the boy. What is his name? You know his name. I want you to say it. Please. Falcon. His real name. His given name. Right. Morris. Of the... Come on, you know he hates being called that. I don't know. Of the... Mm. Of the... Of the sea sky. Morris of the sea sky. There, I said it. Hmm. You happy? I know he wouldn't be. We knew there would be someone searching for him. Someone waiting for him. We expected this much. <sighs> we just didn't know exactly how or when their paths would cross. And now we know. Both of the dreamer's memories converge at this point and orbit around the dream seed. Well, I mean, come on, that's perfect. If they're both so close to our connection, then then surely we can watch and see exactly what happens from here on out. We should be able to even communicate directly with him, right? Huh. If it were possible, we would have done it a long time ago. Now I fear it's futile. Yeah, there's gotta be some way. We've tried everything, cataloged every instance so far, every possibility, traced every thread. We sent avatars through his mind, led him away from home, into the depths into fire, into ancient secrets deep below. Every time, we handed the tools necessary to ensure the proper return is orchestrated. In all my years, 
all my congruence with this construct. I truly believed it was possible. I thought we could stare down predestined failure and shove it aside, remove its blockade from our path. We cannot. I cannot beat this failure. I cannot defeat Aurelio. <laughs> Do you remember why we're here? I'm in prison. <laughs> you could see it that way, sure. But then, why am I here? You serve your sentence as well. What sentence? I've done no wrong. Have I? Have you? <laughs> Have any of us? Uh... <sighs> no. You did the right thing. You removed the end of your spear, enchanted it with the full, pure dream energies of the silver moon, and drove it deep into your chest. Why remind me of my error? There was no error, dear friend. It was a trial and discovery. You found a way to unseat the soul, the very source of dream. You cracked, <laughs> you cracked open the door to chaos and shoved that old ghost in. <laughs> you and only you removed that tyrant from existence. But at what cost? The ultimate cost, one only a true savior could pay. You saved your people, you saved us. To be confined, surrounded by death, stranded in a dream, its own slumbered cannot dream. The best we can do is barely into long, undetected. While the very same tyrant I banished, a nightmare of his own smolders below, closer to reigning free than we ever were. Is he though? The man is a, a book. A damned, rotten, crusty ass book. <laughs> I think it's safe to say you got him. <laughs> hmm. And here we are. You see this as an advantage? I could only look at her and smile. Do you remember do you remember the... the feeling? What? The limitless surge of power within the ultimate exchange? The utter vindication of exiling the beast to a proper pit? Or the paralyzing rout when I knew my last breath would be wasted, mumbling ancient babble through time and space, calling forth the chaos to reach in and claim my very being, while my body rot away in the nothingness? That feeling? No, 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 no. <laughs> None of that. Do you remember how it felt just seconds before you plowed that weapon through your chest to know that your last decision as a human being would be one of pure selflessness? Hmm. Come on, I know you know it. You can still feel it. Like some sort of post-traumatic stress doused in a cocktail of pure adrenaline. 
hatred, even respite. But in a good way, you know? You tend to romanticize things. Uh, I... Sorry. Yeah, I feel it. You're right. I know I'm right. Because it's... It's contagious. I've felt it ever since you sent your first projection through the cosmos. As if you yourself told us that we'd be pairing. As if you told me that I'd be a father. Your first dream. My only dream. You saved us, Phaedra. Mirabelle and I, I, we wouldn't have had that miracle. Our miracle. Our, our Mars. <laughs> our Falco. Without you. <laughs> that word. What? Miracle. Uh, more memories. I've got to. No, 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 please. I insist. I'll go wrangle those puppies up and bring them nice and close. You... Hey, hey, you know what? Why don't you sit this one out and let me take the reins this time? You intend to decipher the storm yourself? Uh, I have a good teacher. Who knows? I might be good at it. <laughs> Wait. Brom. It was too late. I was out of there. Uh, she'll be fine. She just needs to rest her mind a little bit. I took off out the door. Didn't even mind to close it. That fresh air will do her good. Now, who the heck is stirring up this mess? <laughs> oh. 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 Shit. What is it? Who? Who? Where? Ouch. Oh, that landing was something else. Y'all should really screen whoever you're hiring for landscaping out here. By the silvery blue bastard of Moonspell Beach. It's you. My lady. My sweet, sweet lady. The dream guide. And good sir. She's back. Hmm? What? Got something on my face? Vivian. echo.com Creative Commons attribution license non-commercial no derivatives